Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Oh my gosh, we are so excited to chat with you today. We're joined by a very special guest, Pete Bersinger from Podscribe. He is going to talk all about third-party ad tracking, how ads are tracked. It's super exciting. Like, I'm super excited. Pete, are you super excited? I'm pumped up. (laughs) Amazing. I'm going to read our brief intro, and then we'll jump in and get started. So welcome, everyone. Welcome back to Podcasting Smarter and our October live event, the latest in our podcast ads bootcamp series, demystifying third-party tracking in podcast advertising with Pete Bersinger, CEO and founder of Podscribe, as we speak about how to track your podcast ads and make the most out of that data. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Podcasting Smarter has live stream sessions like this one with top podcasters and experts throughout the industry. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Podcasting Smarter podcast. This is the second event in our ads bootcamp series where we're bringing you best practices and tips for how to advertise on podcasts, bring in ad revenue to your show, and successfully understand how podcast advertising works so you can have your own successful campaigns. Podcasting Smarter is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 640,000 podcasts. To start your podcast, head over to podbean.com today. And now we'll jump in and get started. Hi, Pete. Hello. Thank you for having me, Norma. We are so excited to chat with you today. So first off, tell us a little bit about Podscribe what you guys are, what the company does, because it's really fascinatingly cool technology. And maybe just a little bit of like how you got into the wild world of podcast ad attribution. Sure. Well, like you guys, we have pod in our name. (laughs) So we're, we got that similarity there. We're both in the podcast world. What Podscribe does at a high level is helps advertisers understand how their campaigns are performing and that they got what they paid for. On the flip side, if if you're a publisher, we also can share with you how your campaign is performing so you can have a better idea of the performance you're giving advertisers and get ideas from the data on how to optimize your campaign. So third-party verification and measurement. So I was deep in the bowels of ad tech in New York working at a device graph company, TapAd, and began working with somebody else on my team on actually a podcast listening app called Podable, where we would transcribe podcasts, then analyze the topics in them and provide personalized recommendations to listeners. The kind of the age old discovery problem in podcasting. How do you find new shows you, you like? So say, Norma, you were listening to some podcasts about birds in Bali. Well, we would say here are 10 other podcasts about also talking about birds in Bali. So we had a listening app there. Turns out it was tough to get listeners. We pivoted a bit later from that idea. And then gradually we stuck with the transcription contact. From there, we thought, how else can we use this transcription tech to provide any value to anybody? So eventually what we 
began doing that gained traction was we can find the ads in the transcriptions. And it turns out advertisers are quite interested in knowing where and how their ads are being placed. Because oftentimes in podcasting, they'll need to either find it themselves by scrubbing through the podcast to find how their ad was read and inserted, or they'll need to email the podcaster to ask for it. So that was really the first thing we did that I think many people got got much of any value from. And it was using that same transcription technology. So that's where the beginning piece of the, the verification came from. If you're an advertiser, you buy an ad, you need, you want to make sure it was read and read properly. So we would solve that piece. And then from yeah. there, we were on the verification leg and got into, for verifying that the ad was placed and read correctly, what about how many downloads it got? So we started doing that because that was another thing advertisers wanted to know. And then once we were verifying how many downloads it got, we were only a really a step away from measuring how many people went to the site or what or app afterwards. So that's how it, you know, a, nut, a nutshell of our meandering path. Yeah, absolutely. And from the standpoint of any advertiser, you want to see your ad, right? And with audio, you <laughs> want to hear it, right? You want to know where it played. And podcast advertising is it's different. It's not like opening up a newspaper and seeing a giant full page ad <laughs> that you purchased for your brand. So knowing where that ad played, who's heard it, I think those are all really important things that ensure that trust with advertisers as well, right? To to be able to trust the, the medium of podcasting and to have those concrete results. At a certain level, if you're buying if say you're one of the larger advertisers, maybe if you're buying one ad a month, okay, you can go find it yourself. It's not a big deal. But if you're maybe somebody like an AG1 or a BetterHelp and you're buying hundreds of ads a week, it's going to be real tough for you to verify that on your end. And I think to our aim is also to help podcasters save time because they can get inundated at some level with requests from advertisers. Hey, can I get this air check? Can I get this link? Did it run? Did it run? So there's... Uh, a component of that too, where we want to just make the industry, everybody more efficient. So then people can focus on what they do best, making great content and not minor details of sending emails with links. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about this before we went live today, but it's something where podcasters don't usually get into podcasting because they love advertising, (laughs) right? And they want to learn all about how ads work. They get into podcasting because they love it and they want to build a community or create content for their community or tell stories, right? So it definitely is a little bit counterintuitive in terms of the knowledge base that podcasters are seeking. And I think for a lot of podcasters, when they reach that level of success, it's something where it can feel like a burden instead of a privilege. So I think it's really, it's an amazing tool. So let's jump into it. Can you tell us how third-party tracking works (laughs) from a basic level? For everybody out there who maybe hasn't gotten into the nuts and bolts of how ads are actually tracked. Let's talk about it. There's two components. First is the placement component, the the air check piece. Did my ad run? And then the second piece is how many downloads did it get? And how did it perform? The first piece of did my ad run correctly? To determine if the ad was placed correctly, we download a copy of the audio from the public RSS link. We, we store it, so then we have a snapshot of it in case the ads are changing due to dynamic ad insertion. Then with the stored audio copy that we've downloaded, we then transcribe it. 
And then we use AI to label the ads in it. So then if BetterHelp is advertising in a podcast, okay, we downloaded it from the public audio, transcribed it. So we've got the full transcription and then we've labeled the BetterHelp ad. We know the exact start and end and what promo they used. So that's how the air check system will work. So nothing is needed from the podcaster for that. So long as the audio is public, the, we just download it like any anybody else listening to the show and transcribe it. And, and that's the first piece. And, that, and it's nice because, yeah, nothing, no setup is needed from the podcaster. So that piece is a little easier. <laughs> I do have a question because for everybody out there, I know that this is a question that they're going to want to ask. And it might already be in the comments, but it's something where an ad doesn't play on every download, right? So with dynamic ad mm-hmm. insertion, how do you guys track that? We download them multiple times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so typically for dynamic ones, if we don't find the ad, or even if we do, we'll download many or or maybe perhaps most episodes two to five times, typically, mm-hmm. which we don't have a way to see every download what's happening. But yeah, the idea is if we sample it a couple times, if it's not too small of a share of voice of the total downloads, we, we should be able to pick it up and see it within a couple downloads. So it's true. Often we, we miss it in one download, try again. And so it's not perfect, but the idea is we can capture most yeah. of the ads for dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things that's so interesting about dynamic ad insertion, right? And for everybody out there, if you're not familiar, it's where you can select a specific timestamp within an episode of a podcast, and then the ad is inserted at that timestamp. So you can serve fresh ads on your entire back catalog of episodes. It's really great for so many podcasters out there that have several seasons of episodes built up or several years of episodes built up that are evergreen and people continue to listen to and love. So let's go back. The episode's been downloaded a couple times via the RSS feed. You guys are able to, using AI, like you mentioned, pull out the ads and prove that they've played, correct? That's exactly right. And then we'll provide to the advertiser on the dashboard a link to the actual transcript where they can read through it and then also the audio file of both the ad and the full episode so then they can have that copy themselves as a record. And that's a really important aspect also because sometimes if you have a host write ad, they may unnecessarily provide you with a copy of that ad, right? If it's a busy podcast or it's really, you don't have a lot of time or it's a really popular podcast, that's something that can fall through the cracks for sure. So that's amazing, right? They're going to get a copy of so as an advertiser, you're, you're logging into Podscribe <laughs> and so you're getting a copy of the text, but you're also getting a file of the ad and how it played specifically. So you'll know how everything was pronounced. You'll know the tone, all of that kind of stuff. And when we're talking about host read ads, it really also has to do a lot with the trust of the host with the audience. So having that tone of voice and everything from an advertiser standpoint, hearing that is also a really cool part of the process. So tell us a little bit about in terms of setting up the campaign, making sure your campaigns are tracked. So for advertisers out there who maybe are just starting or are smaller businesses are coming in with huge corporate budgets, what are some things to look out for in terms of setting up your campaign and making sure that you're tracking your ads appropriately? How do we do the the impression verification and the attribution piece? And it's all in the podcaster setup. So I think, yeah, this piece... To do this does require some steps on the part of the podcaster because we can't just get figure out which households at anonymous level are downloading mm-hmm. the shows without your approval. That's We need that. To set that up, it's either two things. Really, the most simple way is 
putting our RSS prefix on your show, which maybe many people are familiar now. They put the pod track or the the chartable RSS prefix Mm -hmm. on their show. Mm -hmm. And what that really means is when a listener such as Norma goes to download that birdwatching in Bali podcast and she clicks play, when that download happens, RSS prefix will first log that download will say, oh, that's IP123 and user agent. We don't get any other info, no name or anything like that. But we log that and then we'll send Norma to the audio file from there. So all the usual download stats that you see in, in your Podbean dashboard are still there. So putting on the RSS prefix will enable us to track downloads across your shows and it'll work for all baked in buy. So if an advertiser is doing a buy on a single episode, you're baking in the ad, the RSS prefix, you put it on once, and then it'll work for every single baked in ad or campaign that you ever sell for us, because we will know which episode to count the downloads for based on the air check that we do. The prefix is, if you're going to be doing baked in ads, that is typically the, the recommended way to do it. You put it on once, and then for any advertiser across all their campaigns, the tracking there is set up. So then we're ingesting the downloads and then we can provide the advertisers with their reporting and both for how many downloads their campaign is getting and for attribution. So I could get into DAI in a second, but that's the baked in. We talked about this a lot in the first podcast ads bootcamp. There's pretty much three kinds of podcast advertising. The first is baked in, Pete just said, and baked in is where the ad is part of the episode. So it doesn't change Every time you listen to the episode, the ad's going to be the same, right? Then we have DAI, which is like we said, with that specific timestamp, you can insert ads at a specific time for each episode. And then there's also a third kind of advertising called programmatic, which we get into a lot into the ads bootcamp, but it's served in near real time and it's done with servers and um, SSPs and all that. So in terms of baked in, that, that makes a lot of sense. And when you're setting up a campaign on Podbean, you can add that third-party tracking as well for the specific campaign. So can you talk a little bit about that with the DAI? So that covers us for baked in campaigns. You, you put yeah. in that, that RSS prefix. For DAI, it's pretty similar, but there will be a specific DAI pixel for every DAI campaign. There, there are pros and cons to tracking it this way. But yeah, so if say an advertiser is doing a dynamic campaign on your show, they will send you, hey, here's our specific DAI pixel for this campaign. And then I'm sure in Podbean, there's like a nice place when you're setting up the campaign to attach a third-party tracker to your DAI campaign. So in this case, you're not attaching the tracking to the entire show. You're just saying, put it on this specific campaign you would another advertiser has a different campaign it would be a separate tracking pixel so it's a similar process but some minor nuances yeah absolutely and you can really customize it for each advertiser in each campaign so it's pretty cool in that regard as well so if you do have any advertisers coming on that want to track their ads of course probably most of them (laughs) but it really just depends how you package it we talk about this all the time at podbean how Sometimes with advertisers, you're going to sell them a number of impressions specific in terms of ads, but also maybe you'll include social, maybe you'll include newsletter features. There's so much in terms of that packaging. So in terms of tracking the ads, it's something where you can track individual campaigns with different advertisers, which is super cool as well. And it is a really cool feature because for each campaign, right, as a from the podcaster side, you can add them in, which is a really cool thing. I want to talk next about what are the benefits of using third-party tracking and then 
You also had mentioned briefly user agent and IP. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the difference there because I think it can get a little bit confusing when we're talking about the information that is able to be tracked from the listener. Yeah, I guess I can do an IP user agent, but then also go into the second part of why would anybody, why do this at all? (laughs) Why even learn what a user agent and IP address? The IP address is if you're at your house on, on Wi-Fi and you download a podcast from your phone or your computer or your your partner, they download it. What we see is we'll see the same IP address for everybody there. So the IP address is more of a household-based thing. In fact, even IP address in some cases can be a whole neighborhood, depending on how it's set up. If you're on a mobile phone and you're at Times Square and you download a podcast, you and 30 other people might have the same IP address. So it's by no means, it's definitely not an individual identifier. I'd say at its best, it's a household identifier. Even and it'll even change every couple months actually too. So it's not even a really a too persistent of an identifier, but you can think of it as just a way that we can see, okay, roughly this household downloaded it. It's assigned to a household. And a user agent, you can think of it just as your the app name that you're on it essentially. So say Norma here, Norma and I are both hanging out at her, her house and she downloads a podcast and she's using Apple podcasts and I download a podcast too, but I'm using Spotify. What you're saying is that while we would both be seen as coming from the same IP address, right? We're both using the same connection to the internet in a way, like if we're both on Wi-Fi, we'd be labeled as using different user agents. Because we're using different exactly, apps. exactly, yeah. And it, it wouldn't be like, in say somebody else, if I was using Podbean or she was using Apple Podcasts too, on the same IP address, it would likely be the same user agent too. Some there's like a version number of the app, but usually they're not too different. The user agent, thousands of people can have the same one, but usually if you combine them and you say, okay, this household and this app, you get a rough identifier or rough proxy for how many devices are are out there listening. Like you were saying, I want to hear a little bit more about what some of those important metrics are in terms of measuring the success of your ad or tracking them. So yeah, I wonder if you could tell us when we're talking about the primary benefits, I wonder if you can tell us through some of the metrics. (laughs) Yeah, sure. And I I can pull up my screen too, just to show what it looks like, what the advertiser would see. But to start out, I, I would say for podcast advertising to really work, none of this is actually needed. I, I would say it's additional data. I, I would say in its original form, podcast advertising would work where an advertiser, maybe MeUndies or ZipRecruiter, whoever, they would say to the podcaster, we'll pay you this money if you read this ad and tell users to use this promo code, essentially. And then the advertiser would see on their website how many people use the promo code and that would be more or less how they determine was it worth it or not. It still works that way in a lot of ways. Many of the biggest advertisers still use promo codes and URLs to to track that. But the question many of them have is how many people who heard the ad went and purchased but forgot the promo code or didn't use the promo code? So typically it can vary from maybe 100 people after they heard the ad, went to the site and purchased using a promo code. But then the question is, well, they're thinking probably not everybody who heard this ad 
and went and purchased used it. So is it like 200 people who purchased? I think that's a really important aspect as well. And, and especially from an advertiser standpoint, seeing the success of your ads is really important. And we also talk about this a lot at Podbean. A lot of advertising on podcasts is other podcasts. So from a podcaster perspective, if you're advertising on other podcasts, it's something where you want to know who's even heard about your show because maybe they didn't click the link, but the little bit of that earworm trailer got in and they're in their directory and they're just, they've gone into the search bar and they've just typed it. That kind of thing, I think is a really important aspect as well. Yeah. So I think it comes down to the idea is how can we give podcasting more credit? How can we not shortchange it? Because if we're just counting it by the promos, it's probably undercounting it. I think that's probably the biggest why if you're a podcaster listening. Yeah, it might be annoying to fiddle with the tracking, but the idea is hopefully you can help give your advertisers more data when they have to go to their boss and say, I want to buy on podcasting again. And he or she says, what do we get from it? The number will be hopefully higher (laughs) and it'll be an easier sell. And similarly with advertisers, there's a pretty good relationship between when the ads go live and then when the promos were being used. It's a direct correlation, right? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So similarly with the IP-based conversions, there's still a decent correlation. I, I would say these can vary slightly less because sometimes maybe 15 days later, it was the ad was, or the company was put in your head by the podcast, but you can't remember where you heard of it. And so in those cases, the, per- the IP-based purchases can still give credit. I was just going to say that makes so much sense, right? Because I think we've all been there. And from an advertiser standpoint, you know that it takes several points of contact, right? It takes several points of contact for somebody to remember your product and then to take action. And so if you're not specifically tracking the link, it is more of that subconscious psychological facet of your customer's relationship with the brand and that advertising. So it, it there is more time in between hearing the ad and the purchase. Definitely. Because then maybe you'll hear something once, but it can take a bit, a few more times, or maybe somebody you have to talk to a friend, or you, you don't always purchase something just within two days of hearing it. Sometimes you might, but yeah. not everybody is quite that way. And the promo codes typically more capture the people who purchase sooner than later, which is a big portion, certainly. But in many cases, and for many brands, that, that's just not the case. So that's really the idea, helping brands see capturing more of their purchases to then provide more budget to, to podcasting. And I want to ask next a little bit about some of the challenges that brands and advertisers face when implementing tracking and setting up campaigns. So what are some common like challenges or pitfalls that you see brands make? Because I'm sure from an aggregate standpoint, you're, you're seeing really how brands, how companies are setting up their tracking and what are some things to do at the beginning to make sure that you set everything up in a way that where you're going to get the most information, you're going to get the most data from your campaigns and you're going to see that success. It's all smooth sailing, no issues ever. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> no, I'd say one of the biggest challenges is the final piece of the setup that I, I didn't mention, and it, this is on the advertisers. So the podcasters at this point, they put the tag on their campaign. Yeah, the documentation is definitely helpful. So that, that's the first piece that, that's on the podcaster. But final step, at least for attribution, is the advertiser needs to tell us who's going to their website so we can match the people who downloaded the ad to then the people who went to the website. So for that, the advertiser needs to put our tag on their website to 
send us that data. So the, the easiest way the advertiser can do it is if you're on Shopify, we have a Shopify app that you can install in two clicks without knowing anything about code. So if you have Shopify, that's usually the easiest way and that almost always gets it set up correctly. But if you don't, you can add our tag to your Google Tag Manager for your website. And we're happy to help debug it. There, we have tools to show you on your PodScrub dashboard if we're receiving the data properly. But that step there, for some advertisers, it's very quick, an hour short. But some other advertisers, their sites are a bit trickier or they're, maybe they don't have an engineer readily available to, to set it up if, it, if it's needed. And so sometimes the integration can get stalled a little bit or it can get added, but it might not get added quite right. And then in some cases, I'd say two-thirds of advertisers, we get set up under a week. I would say for the other third, sometimes it can drag on for a couple of weeks as there are certain issues here and there. If it's a Shopify app, it's two clicks like very quick. But I, w- I would say for an advertiser, the biggest thing I'd say is if you are hoping to use this tracking ahead of time, I would say aim to have it set up at least three weeks ahead of, before the campaign starts, just because you'll probably be fine, no problem. But just in the case that there are a, a few additional debugging steps needed, you, you have time. And so then when the campaign starts, we're, we're properly receiving all the data and we can properly match everybody who goes to the page. I think there are more tools we can do to make things easier. But I think from the advertiser perspective, it's also just shoot to start it as early as possible. Don't wait till the day before if you can. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a great tip. I think with a lot of podcasting technology, it's so instant. And so I think that's the expectation, especially in today's world with AI and how fast the internet is around the world. But I think it's something where sometimes, you know, within companies or setting up tracking, like you said, you've got the ad years, you've allocated budget, you've worked on the creation of ads as well, putting time and effort in identifying podcasts, getting campaigns together and then to not have that tracking on the sales side. Yeah, it's definitely I'm sure that would be something where it's a little bit disappointing, because you see the results in terms of the direct click throughs from the link or from the code being used, but you're not able to track some of those additional sales and to really see the results of how the campaigns are going. So for everyone out there, when you are tracking your ads, it's something where you want to make sure that all your I's are dotted and all your T's are crossed. When you're setting up a campaign, I think it sounds like maybe the two biggest things are to make sure that the pixel on your ad is added via the podcast or via the podcaster. And then also from your commerce site to make sure that your third-party tracking is able to pull that data as well so that you can match it and compile those reports. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, those two pieces. Whoever, for your tracking, you got to the podcaster has to put the tag on, send that data. And then from your commerce site, that has to be set up too. When you're an advertiser and you're working with a podcaster, don't be shy to ask for these things, right? Like it's something like here at Podbean, we are an open door for all our podcasters. So if you ever have a question about advertising, you can always email us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. We'll point you in the right direction of where to put your ads, ad pixels in, how third-party tracking works, because we want you to be able to get this data to your advertisers. We want you to successfully run campaigns and share the valuable data with your advertisers of how podcasting has helped their brand, helped their products and increase sales. And so I think it's something where if you're an advertiser, don't be shy to ask for that, right? It's something where if you haven't run a podcast advertising campaign, maybe you're a smaller business, maybe you're new to podcast advertising, the things to ask for are 
how are you tracking the ads? I think that's a really big question. I'm going to give you my third-party tracking pixels. Please confirm that you've plugged them into the campaign. (laughs) I think that those are really common. And of course, from the podcaster side, if you guys ever have any questions, let us know because it's something where we want to make sure that, that you're able to track those ads. And even if you're a podcaster who's looking at advertising on your, your podcast on other podcasts, that's a, a really important consideration as well, because that's one of the bigger ways that podcast growth occurs, right? When you're listening to a show, you're super excited about it. And you hear the host say, Hey, I know that you're loving this episode. And you're a member of the community of our show. But there's this other show I think you'd love. I, it, it's a really organic way to grow your podcast as well. So for every podcaster out there who's listening today, because you're thinking you want to be able to offer this to your advertisers. Also, don't rule out advertising another podcast as well. Absolutely. That is one thing we also started doing earlier this year to attribution for podcasters. I think Chartable yeah. calls it smart promos, which maybe some people in the audience are familiar with. Yeah. So we also have that too. And it's a very similar setup. The only difference is say you're advertising on another podcast who's promoting your show, that other podcast will put the, the tracking pixel on that campaign. So then we would get the impressions, whoever's getting it. But then instead of you, the advertiser here, putting a tag on your website, you would put our prefix on your show. So then we know who comes to download your show after they're exposed to the ad. So it's measurable. And that, that's a little bit trickier to measure just because it's hard to have somebody put a promo in to listen to your podcast. That's yeah. a, a good use case for sure for the tracking. Yeah, absolutely. And Speaking of use cases, I'm wondering if there is a real world example or a success story where Podscribe made a significant impact on a campaign through data. Mm, yeah, I think there's a few. I'm sure you have a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say actually one example where, and we actually have a, a webinar on it, one adverti- one agency adopter media, they talk to a publisher and they go through a specific use case of it's actually a specific type of buy run of network buys. And there, I guess it's a programmatic buy where the advertiser mm-hmm. is buying on a list of the, uh, several shows for the publisher. And it would be a challenge for the advertiser to have to set up individual promos for each one. It would be a challenge for the publisher to have to implement those properly. So instead what they do is, they put one Podscribe pixel on the entire campaign, and then we can report back, okay, on all the shows here, what was the performance for each one? And then the advertiser through that can get a sense of, okay, which show then do I want to go buy specific direct spots on? So that was one case with Adopter Media there. And I could find the webinar link for it later where it enabled a bit of a, a new use case. And the publisher, in many cases, publishers like it too because it can let them sell more of these run of network buys across all of their shows. And then also it can help funnel into more direct buys on specific shows. So that was one case, but I think it, there, there are a number of cases where the just more granular data from pixel tracking is a, it's another way to look at things. Yeah. I, I would say can help make campaigns viable. I think data often offers the opportunity to tell a story. And so I think when we're looking at how a podcast advertising campaign is performing, the data is really able to tell maybe a different story than would be told or the impression that the advertiser would have without some of that information. 
it, it tells a different story, a different way to, to look at things. Pete Bersinger, thank you so much. It's just been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on and telling us about Podscribe and how ads are tracked. It's just been such a treat to have you on. If you have any questions, of course, you can reach out to us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Thank you again, Pete. It's just been such a pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much, Norma. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, everyone, for joining us at Podcasting Smarter. For our October live event, the latest in our podcast ads bootcamp series, demystifying third-party tracking and podcast advertising with Pete Bersinger, CEO and founder of Podscribe, as we spoke about how to track your podcast ads and make the most out of that data. If you joined us for the first time, Podcasting Smarter has live stream sessions like this one with top podcasters. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Podcasting Smarter podcast. This was the second event in our ads bootcamp series where we're bringing you best practices and tips for how to advertise on podcasts, bring in ad revenue for your show and successfully run advertising campaigns. So follow us here and stay tuned for more tools, how to's and events to come. If you join late or want to have another listen to this conversation, you can replay this live stream on Podbean's YouTube channel and our Podcasting Smarter podcast. We are brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 640,000 podcasts. To start your podcast, head over to podbean.com today. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned for more podcasting tips and best practices. Happy podcasting, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this replay of our live event episode. If you have any questions about podcasting and want to get in touch with the Podbean team, reach out to us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Happy podcasting.